This is the I Went Down to the River podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawken football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. Today's guest was a member of two playoff teams, including his 2001 senior year, where he contributed in all three facets of the game as a wide receiver, cornerback, and kicker. His accomplishments as a kicker demonstrate why he was one of the most skilled to ever wear the wings. He is jersey number four in the program. Please welcome Jeff Beck. Jeff, thanks for taking this trip down to the river. How are you doing today? I'm good, Dan. I uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk with me and the other people because I think this is something that a lot of us can really uh, appreciate and dig into. Yeah, these uh these have been quite enjoyable to uh, sort of revisit some uh, some faces I haven't seen or some voices I haven't heard in a while, and uh, it's been just a blast. It's just been a blast to do these and uh, take these trips down to the river. Uh, Jeff, I wanna I wanna start off the way that every one of these do and that is to ask you what your first or earliest Hawken football memory was yeah so for me um as you probably know I was not a lifetime football player I um was brought into the program uh by a good friend Tim Austin um Tim and I were good friends well before um yeah football was even in the picture for me um and Tim and I would hang around, uh, we'd shoot the shit or whatever. And then one day after school, uh, I saw you guys having a practice and I saw, um, what I didn't know at the time was special teams kind of doing practice. It was actually in the gym because you guys had gotten rained out, um, <laughs> from a storm. Sure. And, uh, at the time I saw some kicking going on up against the cement block wall, uh, in the gym. And I was like, man, I, I feel like I could do better than what I'm seeing in there. <laughs> and uh, Tim suggested that that I come with him. And it was actually after practice one day, he took me in there because I was like worried, you know, at that point I was a sophomore. I was worried that um, the upper class were going to see me and get pissed off or get Tim in trouble. So we waited until way after everybody was gone and he took me in there and uh, he held a couple footballs for me and kicked him. He goes, you got to come out. You got to try this. Um, because I don't think there'll be any issue that you'll be able to get a spot doing this and who knows whatever else. So that was kind of the first, um, true interaction and memory I have. And then I remember once I went out for football, um, and, uh, we had summer practices and stuff like that. And I actually still have it. And I'm looking at it right now. The, um, what would you call this? The play binder, the proud winning tradition, gray. Um, yeah, that was, that was that the playbook with the whole summer packet and everything, all the installs. Yeah, Exactly. And um, I remember looking at it and it didn't mean much at first. And then I, I turned into the first couple pages and I started looking and I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? I didn't know <laughs> football formations. I didn't know anything. All I saw were X's, is o, X's and O's on the page, um, some numbering for gaps and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know any of this. Looked like a different language, didn't it? And it was, right? But you yeah. learn it, you pick it up. Yeah. And uh, there were plenty of people who were willing to help me. 
Uh, and of course, at that age, right, I didn't have the best self-discipline and application maybe that I probably should have. Um, sorry for the Chicago background noise there, but uh, <laughs> uh, plenty of people were willing to help me learn. And uh, obviously in practice, a lot of it was learning on the fly and the coaching staff were really good. And, and I think I would have to imagine most of the staff that I had interaction with up front knew that I was green. I didn't know football, um, but it was still very welcoming and, and open. And I felt very comfortable, which, which probably was great for me because it let me feel a little more at ease that I could try and be myself and that I didn't have these high expectations. Uh, and that helped a lot because it was, you know, it was nerve wracking being a kid who never played football, joining a football team, right? I did my sophomore year, but that was really not very active. I didn't know anything about football. So, you know, starting real football as a junior in high school, you're kind of, you know, far out of the game in terms of everybody else's level of experience and, and, and understanding. So it was definitely intimidating. But the fact that, that Tim was a good buddy of mine and he was well-respected on the football team. And then uh, Paul was actually very similar in joining the same time, Paul Franklin. RG was already playing, who was a great friend of mine. So that helped as well. And those guys really kind of helped ease me into it and, and the level of understanding um, that I needed to have to start to develop a little bit of confidence. So those were kind of my first memories uh, and they're fond memories. You know, it was uh, it was a very interesting and cool way to get into something that I never knew I, I had a, a knack for. I like to hear about that, uh, that story of yours, Jeff, because, you know, we've heard so far stories of people who have been a part of the program for multiple years, you know, and have been around it. And there's, there are so many individuals like yourself that didn't join until the high school years and had very um, impactful careers and seasons for us. One of my best friends and classmates in high school, Jesse Kleiman joined his junior year, had not played any middle school ball didn't play freshman, sophomore year, came in as a junior and had two quality seasons for us. And there are so many that if I took the time to think about joined as a junior or senior um, and just got a great experience out of it. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in our discussion here to, to hear some of your viewpoints of kind of joining in late, but how it, uh, how you sort of hooked into it and it became what it was for you. Absolutely. Uh, I want to start off here. I want to have a little kicking discussion here. Uh, first, uh, first kicker on the pod. So that's a uh, that's a good title. <laughs> that's a good title we're going here with. Um, how did you get into uh, the kicking? So um, I grew up. Uh, so probably little known. My dad is actually on the Hawken Hall of Fame for sports. Scott Beck. Uh, yep. He was a stud. I got to give him a lot of credit for that. There you and go. I, I wanted to, to kind of live up to his expectations when I heard about that when I was younger. And then it kind of died off, um, but he was a big time soccer player. Uh, he varsity uh, all four years in swimming, golf, um, and soccer. Um, and he was a great athlete and the soccer translated over with me and he coached my brother and I uh, growing up in uh, youth uh, soccer leagues in the um, local area in the West Yaga district. Um, a little where, Chester Rec or West Yaga Rec League, maybe? West, West Yaga Rec Leagues. Yeah, that's right. exactly my, what it was. My daughter in third grade just started uh, two weeks back. She's on the uh, 10U uh, West G 
soccer routine. So I'm, yeah. start, I'm starting to live that soccer life, which I would have never, ever guessed was going <laughs> to yeah, cross my path. I didn't think so, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. She's a couple practices in. Oh, that's awesome. So um, you got the soccer background. Yeah. And it was my brother uh, is 18 months older than I am. And, uh, you know, instead of being on two different teams, two different schedules and all that kind of stuff, uh, I had to play up uh, a division or two, depending on where the ages were falling for the cutoffs that year. So I was always getting kind of beat up and tossed around as it was um, playing with kids that were a grade or two older than me. Sure. And so I developed early on. Um, I had to play to a higher level, which I'm really glad that happened for me because it, it, it made me play up to the level of the people that I was was um, on teams with and in the competition, even if I wasn't their age. So that's kind of how it started. Um uh, with with the kicking side of it stemmed in uh, from soccer. Um, I stopped playing soccer in, geez, I think that was eighth grade, uh, ninth grade, played golf. Um, and uh, and then after that, it came into um, into the interaction with Tim Austin and, and kicking some footballs. And it was pretty similar. It, trans- it transitioned really well um, from a soccer ball to the football. And some people can do that some, you know, sort of well, some not so well, and some pretty well. I just ended up to have uh, a pretty natural progression into a football. And as you know, soccer balls are always kicked off of the ground uh, in high school, right? We kick off of a tee for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, naturally, Tim had me try a couple off of a tee, and I was just swiping the tee out from under it most of the times, that, that black kicking block. And they had a two-inch yeah. and a one-inch. And all they had at that point that was being used on the football team was a two inch. And uh, I said, that's too much for me. Do they make a a lower one? We went to the lower one inch. um, And I actually did a lot of practicing kicking off the ground because it's better if you can learn how to kick off the ground. And it's just an added bonus for height, getting up over the line uh, and things like that. If you, if you can kick off of a tee in high school. And once I started having a little bit of success with it in the program and I was getting a little, you know, recruited to a degree, everyone was telling me, can you kick off the ground? Can you kick off the ground? I was like, yeah, I've already been practicing. And they were really excited about that because that's a, that's a big advantage um, to be able to, to kick, you know, off, off the, the deck if you can. So that's how the kicking uh, got started uh, back to the soccer days when I was pretty young. Nice. There you go. Um, what would you say is the most difficult thing about kicking? Um, I don't think I I would have to say that's kind of multifaceted. I mean, just like being a pitcher or a quarterback, um, a golfer, right. It rests, you know, once the ball has been snapped and you've had, um, a a solid snap, you've got a good reception with the holder. He places the ball properly. It's squarely on your shoulders at that point. I mean, someone could get through the line and obviously that happened. Um, someone could get around the corner, but it really just falls into, you know, do you have the ability to focus and stay on task with what you need to get done? Have you done the reps? Do you have the muscle memory? And can you just compose yourself and realize this is just another time that I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I know what to do. I just need to execute. That's definitely a big part of being a kicker. Um, Fortunately, when I was a little kid, I started pitching in baseball at a really young age. So having the spotlight of having to perform basically on my own skill set and, and, and whether I do or don't really falls on my shoulders. I had a lot of practice uh, at that pitching younger. So I think that helped. 
Another part of kicking, obviously, um, is technique, right? You've got to have a repeatable technique um, that that's going to yield good results of kicking a ball that has a, a good trajectory off your foot, that it's high, that you uh, have good impact um, so that you're hitting the ball consistently every time. Um, and, and that's definitely up there, um, with what I was saying about, about just being able to kind of handle that pressure and the, the willingness to, to kind of go out there and, and be on your own and have to perform like that. And then it was to a degree in high school and you see this everywhere. Everyone talks about it, but you know, kickers just get a bad rap. And unfortunately I can't say that it's totally undue. Um, <laughs> you know, from my days at Purdue, you know, I, no names, but I can tell you, right. I dealt with some serious head cases at Purdue, um, <laughs> that, you know, there's a stigma to being a kicker and, uh, you see that all throughout, uh, the sports realm and different levels in football. Um, but that is, it really is something, right. Because there's a lot of BS and negative stuff that can go along with that stigma. Um, but I would say those are probably the three toughest things that I faced is a kicker. And I think a lot of guys, um, that, that get into kicking, uh, wind up having to deal with. Yeah, for sure. I like how you talked about your experiences on the mound in baseball kind of helped you with that spotlight moment, because I think there are so many between the ears moments with kickers where they're just not mentally strong and they're just done. They have all the ability, but they, when, when the time comes, they just can't do it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Um, what was your, I mean, it's all routine, right? It's like kind of going to the foul line and things like that. What was your pre-kick routine? Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, and I imagine it's a little bit different in high school because you're on the field as a receiver and then it's like, all right, we either just scored, let's line up and kick the PAT or, well, Hey, we're going to try a field goal and let's send that unit in as opposed to college where you're coming from the sideline and you've been sitting right. for a little bit. <laughs> right. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, that I was very fortunate to have that a lot of players when they got to the collegiate level, well, not a lot, but it, but the higher level, at least where I was playing, there were some people who had only kicked previously. And that's all they did in high school. And that was very different, obviously, from my experience. And I was um, really fortunate that um, I had the ability to play offense and defense as well as special teams because in high school, like you just alluded to, right, every time, right, that we would kick a field goal or we would kick an extra point or we were doing a kickoff, I was just coming off of already having been on the field. Um, and even sometimes straight from defense, if we got a pick six and ran it in or whatever it might be, um, I was uh, I was all the better for having done that in high school when it took me into college. And also, I think it really helped me in the high school level because I wasn't sitting on the sideline, you know, chewing up my own head inside. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Are they going to get the fourth down? Are they going to go for it? Am I going to kick? Am I going to do this? Am I going to yeah. do that? Um, keeps you occupied, was, keeps your mind off. Uh, yeah. I mean, it that. was great that I was able to go in there, mind occupied the play before we tried to make it happen. Couldn't make it happen. Okay. Someone uh, call it in that we're, that we're, um, we're kicking and it was just right into the next place. So for me, I felt really lucky looking back on that, that I was able to do that because it, it kept my mind in a really good place. Um, but in terms of the, the pre-kick routine, right, in, in high school, there wasn't a whole lot of like 
be on the sideline, go do a couple kicks into a net and yeah. stuff like that. That wasn't really the option. It was, okay, calm yourself down. It's possible that I may have just made a play and it was coming right back into the kick. I remember some of those where I was just winded after a decent catch in a, in a run. Yeah, I was pretty spent. And I was like, all right, compose myself, catch my breath, get it together, focus on making the kick. Um, and then in college, it was a little different, uh, obviously, because all I was doing was kicking. Um, but it was it was much more of a methodical um, routine uh, that was, I developed a lot more of, of a repeatable pre-kick routine in college. And uh, it resolved a lot, uh, it revolved a lot around this type of stuff that you see on TV with college kickers or with pro guys. And some of that was developed by the, the coaching staff. And I had a great coach at Purdue. Um, Scott Downing was his name. He was a special teams coach that brought me in. And, and he said, look, there's some guidelines I want to go with here, but you guys have a special skill and, and you do it the way you do it. I don't want to change what you do um, because you've gotten to this level, right? So, so, you know, if there's anything that I see we need to tweak, we'll do it. But for me, it was staying focused. It was getting a couple kicks in. I really love to do a couple live snaps if it was feasible um, because that timing in high school is important, but in college, it's all that much more significant because, you know, when you get to a D1 level, the, the level of athleticism from Division five high school football in Ohio, and Ohio is great football, but being D5 to going to a Big Ten school, the jump was beyond what I even expected. And, and you know, I had a pretty good expectation that there's going to be a lot of freaks, a lot of impressive athletes. And when we started doing kicking in some of the practice um, in, in, in Purdue in that summer camp, and I saw how big these guys were and how fast they were getting off the ball and how much faster a snap got back. That to the snap hood. and hold is just like light I mean, years I had faster. To, I, had to, I had to adapt. I had to learn. I had to really pick up my pace. So, so it was, it was, a, it was something that I took from high school, what I knew I added on to it um, once I got to, to, to Purdue and it was uh, it was really um, I don't know. It was just a really interesting process to see kind of how it developed. And I was, I was really fortunate that I went from playing both sides of the ball to where I was because it was so easy for me. So all I got to do is kick some balls on the sideline. I'm not worrying about trying to catch a pass or get a big crack block or whatever it might yeah. be right before I kick. So are you, uh, are you a big time visualizer as far Definitely. as, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's, it's kind of hard because some people can't picture that. It was the same thing with pitching. Oh yeah. I love golfing. I was, I played golf when I was younger as well. I would do a lot of the uh, penalty kicks that we had and um, the corner kicks in, in soccer and I learned that at a young age, just to really visualize, picture what you want to do. And it's crazy what you can what you can do for your mind translated down into your actual executed physical actions when you have a positive mental attitude and you're envisioning what's going to happen and you're confident that you can do that. It, it works. I mean, it's, it's a real thing. Very well put. Yeah, yeah. I, co I completely agree on that one. Uh, Jeff, what was your first, uh, camp or sort of, um, instruction experience? Yeah. So, um, I remember there was a little bit, um, going on, um, at Hawken, but I was kind of at a level where, um, the immediate recommendation came from your dad and a couple other coaches are like, you know, we think you guys should, you should, you should go to a, a kicking camp. 
And, you know, it's not like something they had a ton of experience with, but they knew that they existed specially for kickers and stuff like that. And that was a, one of the best recommendations I had because going there, learning the real technique to kick um, and being able to actually have instruction because everything I was doing was just based on what I thought worked and what I thought I could repeat and try and do. Yeah. Um, the first one was actually at Purdue. Um, they had a kicking camp um, and I went in there and it was in their indoor football field and I'd never even seen that. So, you know, it kind of took a little adjusting and it was on turf. Um, but that was my, my, my first experience getting into a camp and it was cool to be surrounded by other guys who were doing what I was doing. And it was cool. Cause I had a calibration of where did I fall and like the skill sets of these people who were going to these camps. Cause before, you know, I, I researched, I didn't know there were kicking camps. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was good. And then I ended up going to two camps at Purdue and I went to one at Oberlin college. Um, and then I ended up going to a couple outside clinics. Um, these guys, uh, Ray Pelfrey was his name and, uh, really interesting guy. He punted and kicked in the NFL way, way, way back when. Um, and those were the, the, the experiences I had and they were very good experiences, great guys. They knew that, that, that young guys without a lot of experiences needed a little leeway that, you know, that we needed to build repetition and muscle memory. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was really productive for me. And I think that's kind of what helped me gain consistency, distance, uh, and accuracy that got me to where I was, you know, had some success. Did you know you were interested in Purdue when you went to those camps or was it something that built kind of following those visits? It kind of built following. Um, it just so happened the first one was at Purdue and that's what I found. Um, and Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to ask, was the head coach Joe Tiller then, or who was JT Joe yeah. Money, Joe Tiller was, uh, was the coach at that point. And he had someone and on staff who was just doing specialty as far as coordinating that. Cause I know some did. coach, some a, staffs don't have a full time Yeah. back then. Yeah. We had a special, a full-time special teams coach, Scott Downing, a great guy. Uh, he ended up going on to Nebraska um, for assistant head coach job after, after our year, cause freshman year, because he had, we had a really good season that year. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was kind of after, and it was, I had some smaller schools doing some recruiting um, earlier on. And then I started having um, some D1 schools contacting me and stuff like that. And Purdue reached out and they said, look, we know you you came to one of our camps. We saw that you did that. Um, We actually had, they did some taping and stuff like that. That was part of it that, you know, they would have video of of all the guys there. So they went back and looked at some of that and they said, we see a lot of potential. We'd like to talk to you. And and I, I'll be honest, though, and, and, and if, if there was something I could say to younger athletes that, that would look at it or even people my age who are having kids or a little bit older that are going through it, is the recruiting process is brutal. Uh, it, is, it is absolutely a political, gamey type of process, unfortunately. And But it makes sense, right? And I was green. I didn't know much about that, but they – that team wants to have every available player at their disposal that they possibly can. Yeah. And that is the recruiter's job, right? Those coaches that go out and do these visits, that's their job to get as much talent and the best talent that they can. And uh, I got a little bit of blinders on when I started getting recruited by some D one schools, I got some blinders. Um, I wish I would have gone and taken a couple other visits at some of the schools that, that were, that made me offers. Um, But when I had that, uh, that, that, 
when it became a real credible opportunity to have the chance to play Big Ten football, you know, I was kind of sucked in coming from, a, a, you know, a Ohio, what sure. a, a, a rich program, but a small program. It was, you know, my eyes got pretty, pretty big with that opportunity. Understandable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, longest kick you've made in practice. Uh, in practice in high school, college, what are we talking? Just whatever. Coming off of your foot. Yep. Anytime. I remember in high school, um, I'm pretty sure we had a 50 yard field goal that I made. Now it did not have good height. Uh, I don't know that it would have made it over a six foot lineman with his hands up. Um, <laughs> but I made a 50 yard field goal in high school several times, um, in college after I'd done a handful of those clinics. And I got into a really, I mean, obviously when you, when you get into a, a collegiate football program, the lifting is really intense. Um, and I went from, and it's funny, I looked at the, uh, the roster from the year I joined uh, the Hawken football program, said I was 5'11". I was definitely not 5'11". I lied <laughs> about that. And it said I was 140. I definitely was not 140, I don't think. I was probably like 5'9", 130. And even then, I looked and there was only one other person that was smaller than me on the football roster at Hawken. Um, and then when I got on Purdue's roster, I was the smallest guy on the roster there. Um, but you know, back to the point of, of when I really started developing some strength, um, and speed, a big thing about kicking that people don't realize it's your, it's your leg speed. It's your ability to snap, right. The, the lower half of your leg, um, to make contact with that ball, to generate the momentum and, and really get that ball off. Um, I was very consistent from 50 and under when I was in college, um, outside of 50 began to be a little bit of a stretch, um, for, uh, although I, well, it's, it's going into college. That was part of what they liked. I have on my, my, what do they call it? Recruiting tapes or whatever those were that you would send to the oh, yeah. colleges that they would ask for. I had a 55 yard field goal, um, that I made in one of the camps that I did before, uh, before college preference between left hash right hash straight on i mean i know some guys will will say of course straight on but there's others that would rather have a little bit of an offset yeah um i really preferred kicking from the left hash um you know right-footed kickers if you're a soccer style you tend to have a little bit of a, of a hook um now you can always shank it off the toe and, and it goes high spins at about 2000 rpm and doesn't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> or you can kick it a little bit on the inside of your foot and you'll hit it solid, but you get a little bit of that banana, that left, right to left banana, um, which I tended to have. If I had one thing, that was usually it. And um, center was always great, um, but left hash if I if I had to pick one. Nice. I, I hope the, the listeners just learned as much about uh, some of the kicking uh, intricacies as much as I just did. That was awesome. Thank you for uh, for sharing about those experiences. Uh, Let's go ahead and let's uh, switch over to a little overview of your junior campaign, the 2000 season, one in which the Hawks went 10 and two. And uh, if you got a couple of uh, spotlight memories or moments, games, plays, players, um, go ahead. And uh, I would love to hear about some of those right now. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, as I alluded to earlier, I was not a football guy, didn't know much about it. Uh, I was not familiar with the program. I didn't know a lot of the football players. I knew a handful of the guys that were in my class. Um, I did not know a lot of the guys uh, that were seniors that year or juniors. However, the seniors were the same year as my brother. So there was a little bit of interaction, but not a lot. And my junior year was the whole kind of 
theme and overtone for me uh, for my junior year was understanding what it means to play Hawken football. And I was, you know, I only had so much experience in those three years. Um, but I learned a lot my sophomore year um, from the seniors that year, the, the, my junior year, right. The seniors, the grade above us, uh, you know, they put their hearts and souls into that football team and into that season. And even though I was not a starter, uh, I looked back in that, that folder I have. And uh, I remember when I actually made um, uh, second team defense and I was the first person on second team D right in that depth chart that we had, you know, I was, I, 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 I was really excited and I was like, wow, I'm finally feeling like I'm a part of this. And it was, it was a great learning experience because I don't think I ever had that kind of understanding what team camaraderie and, and brotherhood on a, on a team was like until that junior season um, playing football at Hawkin. Like I said, you, you had some of these guys, you had Justin Fry, right. Who, who bled his heart out there as the quarterback and RG got to play some quarterback as well. And I particularly remember the line. Um, you had Jason Roberts, Arun Koda and Wes Wilson. And those were Tim Austin was mixed in with those guys. You know, they were just, they just bled red and gray. And um, the intensity that they had, the level of seriousness and no BS with practice. And, you know, I got checked a couple times and it was good. <laughs> I needed it. Um, you know, when I needed to get my, my, my ass in gear and pay attention, shut up, listen and learn what to do. Uh, that is what I remember most about that, that year. Um, and particularly the playoff game, I think we played, um, I think it was Chanel both years, wasn't it? Yeah. That, so that junior year of yours, the, the Chanel game was the second week of the postseason. We led okay. off with that Columbiana Crestview game, which was actually a right. home contest. And yep. then Chanel was the second. Yeah. Yeah. And what really sticks out in my mind from junior year is that second game against Chanel. Uh, I know we played it under the lights. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember where that was? It was at Chardon High School. Chardon. Yeah. On okay. their turf. Yeah. yeah. I remember that distinctly. And I had some kickoffs in that game. And I saw the agony on the seniors faces after that game. And it really solidified for me my appreciation for those other guys that were putting their heart and sweat out on the line on that field. And even though I wasn't a big contributor in that junior season, man, did I really understand and firmly comprehend what it meant to those guys who weren't going to get to step on that football field again. And for us juniors going into our senior season, that uh, for us, we're laying it all on the line. We're going to be here for each other and we're going to do whatever it takes to win the football games that we need to win. And to help try and instill that in some of those younger players, because, you know, I got to be honest, right. When I was, what was I, when I was a sophomore 15, you know, I was kind of a jerk off and I didn't really take it seriously. And I, you know, I just, I just didn't have everything together. I didn't realize what some of these guys had in their hearts and what it meant to them 
And by the time my junior season was over, I knew what it meant to every one of those seniors. And it meant that much or more to me for my coming senior season. Jeff, so well put. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, that is that is like the perfect example of how strong leadership in the upper class and specifically in your situation, the senior class, how they can impact the way and that you approach um, your both mental and physical approach to it. And I think it uh, as we get into your senior season here, it speaks to how your senior classmates, you guys had talent returning. You had uh, a lot going for you, but the sort of the preparation and approach for it was just all the more uh, locked in by that class that was ahead of you. Um, the names you already mentioned and, um, and Matt Roth obviously was, was a running back in that group Yeah, who I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with Matt, with, with Matt, excuse me. Um, but man, did, did he just, you know, he had charisma on the field. He was, he was, he was not a gloaty type of player, but man, could he run hard, smooth, and was just an effective, efficient player. And you were, you know, I respected that a lot because, you know, and he was tough. Matt was a tough guy. He was not a huge guy, but man, did he play with, with Moxie and some serious, you know, panache to go out there and do what he needed to do. Yeah. You got to, uh, you got to watch two great ones in Matt Roth and Matt Corrin, uh, yeah, Corrin. the rock. My goodness, <laughs> my goodness. Talk about just guys yeah. that, uh, handled their business, didn't say a lot sort of in between and, uh, were very talented. Yeah. Uh, so we, we went through that junior season. I will go back to week 10 in a contest at Newberry in which you got your first varsity field goal, a little mm -hmm. 40 yard variety against, uh, against the black Knights of Newberry. Were you a little surprised when you, uh, when you heard field goals going out there late in the second quarter? No, you know what? I do remember that. Um, I was a little, not, not that I, 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 I was worried about it, but you know, your first field goal being 40 yards in high school, that's a good field goal in high school. Sure is. Sure is. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, I really want to produce. Uh, I want to be able to, to, to drive some value for the team here. And, um, as I recall, we had a good snap, good hold. The kick went off without a hitch. And uh, we had even a little bit left on it. And it was uh, it was a really happy moment for me, like, as you said, right, to get your first varsity field goal. You know, that's uh, for someone who's a kicker. And that was something that they really took, you know, some pride in. It meant a lot to me that I that I was able to contribute for the team and, and do that, especially in a way, a meaningful field goal that otherwise, you know, we were likely going to be able to, to get into the end zone. Was uh, Sean Nelson your holder, your was. junior year? Do you remember yeah. who snapped that year? <sighs> Boy, um, I'm, I'm blanking who that would have been. That's a great question. Sean was definitely holding and uh, Tim wasn't doing those snaps. No, I don't think he was. Hmm. I don't know. I'll think about that. If yeah, it comes we'll think. Me, I'll, I'll chip it in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so that 10 and 2 season finishes up. Um, and as we're getting ready for the off season, going into your senior campaign, um, the opportunities now are arising for you to be an impact on all three facets. Like I said, in the introduction for you, uh, you put in the work and you deserve to get the playing time at both wide receiver and cornerback. In addition to uh, all elements of the uh, kicking game, 
Talk about what sort of those summer get togethers, mini camps, senior led practices, whatnot, that kind of just bring that team and tighten things down as far as this is how we want to set the standard going into our last year in the program. Yeah. Um, and the way you just said it, right. And, and, and almost the words you just used, what we said very regularly was we're going to set the tone and we need to set the tone um, for the team, uh, for the underclassmen and what the expectations are going to be for this year. And uh, you know what, it was, it was, it was really interesting when I look back on it to think about how I transitioned from that junior season, seeing what leadership looked like to trying to mimic and become that of what I saw the year before. And, um, you know, I, I was not one of the top leaders on the team, right? There's no getting around that. You had Sam McCreary, you had RG Howa, you had Tim Austin, you had Paul Franklin, Doug Epler, the Carreras brothers, right? We had guys who played a lot more football than me, um, who knew a lot more about the game. So I wasn't going to be able to compete in that aspect. But the one way that I thought I would be able to bring value was what I had learned about Hawking football, the proud winning tradition and the work ethic. And that was something your dad um, really hit home, you know, practice how you want to play. And um, there was, you know, demand more out of yourself daily was something that I think he said, um, as well as that always stuck with me, you get better or you get worse. And, um, you know, those things, we lived by those every day in practice. And when it was just those captains out there and the seniors leading, you know, uh, conditioning drills and practices um, and, and, and skeleton stuff, we just lived what we had done the year prior, what we'd seen, and we believed in what, what we were doing and what the program was about. And it's those things I just said, right? To create a proud winning tradition, right? Are you going to get better today or are you going to get worse? And it was true. Like we, like we would just say these things and it sounds a little cliche now to like hear, you know, seniors saying that, but it, 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 it was, it was what we lived by and it. And I think it really translated and the results from that season showed that, you know, we had a couple blips on the radar that season, but we persevered and we really uh, showed that that our true colors uh, were going to shine through. And I think we saw that all throughout the, the summer prep into the beginning of the season. Um, and I don't think that was ever really an issue that we faced. And as a team of seniors, right, we had our captains, but I think the seniors as a whole really did a good job of melding together as one cohesive group of leaders to say, this is what we're doing, get on board with it. And if not, you know, get off the train. Definitely. Uh, all right. Senior season uh, review week one, Oberlin. Uh, this is a 52 to 12 victory for the Hawks. Uh, a game in which uh, you find the scoreboard first, first week, senior season, 35 yard uh, field goal. It goes in uh, memories of that game. Yeah, I remember the field goal. Um, and I, I don't remember. Did we also? I think it had to be that that game. Did they have a big player like that was a good player at Oberlin? Like they weren't a great team, but they had a couple or one really good player. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. kind of the case. And so I'll be honest, my memory isn't even like I remember that field goal. Uh, but 
the biggest memory for me of that game was I had a crack block and it was my first legit real crack block came down hard and it was whoever their good player was. It was, he was a big guy and he did not see me coming. It was, I didn't get a, a penalty, but he had zero warning that I was coming and the kid broke his collarbone or something. Right. He, they pulled him off. Like they had to like get people to take him off the field and little, you know, wet and wild back at like 150 pounds or whatever it was, five ten. you know, all these dudes on, on the other team are like, you know, calling me out. We're coming after you for this. I'm like, Oh my God, what did I do? But that was my memory. And that was actually when I got a, the a nickname that stuck with me from uh, Deej from Rodriguez uh, night train. He called me night train after that hit. Yeah. So that's probably my strongest memory from that game. I'll tell you what, man, as a uh, former receiver myself, man, we could get away with so much on the perimeter because the officials did not protect those defensive players. The only thing they looked for was, did you clip them? Did you get behind them? You know, right. You could just absolutely KO an unsuspecting (laughs) defensive back outside linebacker and just what a way that you can send a message. I remember just seeing games where like you run a outside zone or a sweep to your side and there's a good crack block made. And the next time you run it, the guy makes no effort because he wants to turn and see if anything's coming first. And by the time he sees what's going on, he's out of the play. So, I mean, you can really set the tone there as a wide receiver on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, week two, another home contest. And uh, this is your senior campaign against uh, university school, 27 mm-hmm. to 13 for the Hawks. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, obviously, playing against the Preppers was one of the most, other than getting in the playoffs, right? That was that was like our number one game was to just, just bring it to them uh, as best we could. Um and as I recall, um, we have, I have, a, I have a shirt from uh, my junior season and I have a shirt from my senior season. We did a good job taking it to him that year. And um, yeah, uh, you know what I remember is, and, and it's so weird, right? When you go back and you think about some of these things, I don't even remember my personal play in that game. I don't remember if I scored. I don't remember that. I remember being extremely proud of my teammates in how they performed, how every man did his job, how they were supposed to, because, you know, man, you got to be out there and, and do your job for the rest of your team. And if all 11 guys do their job, great things can happen. Right. And I think your dad has said that. And, um, and that we, we kept our composure and there was no, at least from what I remember, no gloating and no, uh, you know, bad calls for, for cheap shots and stuff like that. And, and I do recall a couple, I remember I was in one pile and someone was just gouging at me. Uh, I do recall that. And I don't remember who it was, you know, but I remember some, and, and we were not going to get in that level. We were going to let our performance and the score of that game speak for ourselves. And it did. And I was, you know, I'm, you know, I was proud of it then. And I'm proud of that now that we didn't stoop down to a, to a lower level. Yeah, that was a uh, very memorable game. A great one uh, that, 
as you uh, as you mentioned, was a definite highlight of that 2000 season. You guys, your classmates got that great picture uh, on the field <laughs> afterwards with the uh, banner from their student section yep. and uh, a lot of good memories from that game. So we move on to uh, week three and we have our first road contest and it's over at Gilmore Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take care of them by way of 43 to seven. Um, individually, this is quite the performance uh, by you, Jeff. Um, 20 yard interception return for a touchdown, nine yard touchdown reception on offense and a 38 yard field goal. Um to be able to score in three different uh, ways. That's uh, that's that's a pretty cool feat that you were a part of. Um, what was the interception? Did you jump a pass? Did you get a little tip popped up? What was it? Yeah, it was, uh, I jumped an out route. I remember that much. Uh, I jumped an out route. Sitting um, on it. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, um, it was just, it was, uh, home to the bleachers from there. There was no one there. You know, I mean, you know that when you, when you, when you jump an out route or if you were to be able to jump a hitch route or something like that, you've got that momentum carrying you towards the ball. I mean, unless, unless their running back, you know, is somehow happens to be over in that side of the backfield, you know, that's, that's a pretty, pretty easy run as long as you don't do it. I remember I did bobble it a little bit. Um, I was like, Oh my God, is this really happening? And uh, um, managed to pull that back in and take it in. Um, and I remember, I actually remember that game. Um, I didn't play a lot in this. I think most of my scoring was in the first half. Um, I believe all of it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in, 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 in uh, uh, you know, coach was, was, was classy about, it. I mean, we were playing the game well. Um, and, and I really wanted it and people, right. I was, you know, it, the only other way that was going to be tough, which we talked about, I remember hearing this on the sideline was I was going to, tr- we really want to try and score every way possible, right? Because that really hadn't been done. Um, I wanted to do that, I should say. And um, the safety would have been the hard one. But, you know, coach <laughs> pulled me out mostly in the second half because there was really no need. A lot of our starters were out. Um, and uh, that was actually a really special game for me because um, my late uncle and his wife came in from Florida to watch me play. And that ended up being the game they came to. And oh, it was, they got to see me kick a field goal. That's special. Or two touchdowns, a couple yeah. extra points, I think. So it was it was really neat that they got to experience in that. And, and, you know, I think I probably puffed up how good of a player I was for them because they saw the best performance in my career. But, you know, <laughs> they made it for a good game. Way to put the performance out there for uh, the family members coming to see you, man. Right. Yeah. Uh, so back to that interception real quick. Uh, were we off in a uh, zone cover? Did you take a little peek at the quarterback to see what he was setting up? Or was it just more of a man press technique and you're reading the route of the uh, receiver? No, no, it was it was a, it was a zone. Um, their quarterback, uh, I remember from earlier in the game, uh, which there wasn't a whole lot before that, but I remember he you could read him like a book uh, with where he's going to throw the ball. Uh, he was not looking off the receiver, his number one receiver. Um and uh, as soon as I saw uh, him turn towards that receiver, you could see he was starting, it was like slow motion, like he was winding <laughs> up. I was sitting back a little bit. I had like a six yard cushion. I was like, oh, I know where this is going. And, uh, and just jumped in front of it and took it. Yeah. You get in the end zone. You act like you've been there before. Or was there a little celebration? No, I'll be honest. Uh, I was the type. And I, I actually, um, I remember from some of the the highlight videos we had and stuff, I was, I didn't, I, I wasn't celebratory. 
uh, I was quick to get up and get back towards the huddle. Um, and I don't know, you know, not that maybe I, not that I wasn't excited or anything like that. Um, you know, I just, I, I, part of it was, I didn't really want to let down, uh, the coaching staff in particular, your dad, I, he, he did not like showboating. He was not about that. Never went well when I saw that happen for other people. And I tried to be one of learning from other things that I saw. And that was definitely something that, uh, I picked up from your dad that there is just no reason and, and no call to be doing that. Right. You had a great play, get back in the huddle and make another good play. So after that Gilmore win, uh, one or two of the local papers decide to extend a little perfume your way by honor, <laughs> honoring you as player of the week. Uh, Got to stay away from the perfume. It's nice, right? But perfume. Boy, not, too, not, not too close, man. In a long time. You're right. The perfume. So we're sitting at 3-0 and and uh, we go into that fourth ball game, which is an away game at Wycliffe. Uh, had talked about this a little bit with Paul Franklin uh, in his uh, his episode of the podcast, but following up off of September 11th events mm-hmm. later that week, um, a game that goes into three overtimes, a epic back and forth battle. Uh, your uh, your take on that game? Yeah, um, man, that was tough. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that game uh, pretty clearly, um, which many I didn't. Um, I remember just leading into that, right? I was driving into school. I didn't have first a first period class. I was driving in my hillbilly pickup into school, listening to Howard Stern and uh, <laughs> with my dirt bike in the back of the truck. And I, I remember these things so vividly. I remember the dirt bike. I remember what it looked like, all this kind of stuff. And I heard over, and it was because I heard on the radio live on Howard Stern and say, what, what was that? And they were, they said, they look out the rest. It looks like a, a small little plane crashed into a building or something. And that was the first I heard of it live over, over the radio and came into school. And then the rest kind of is a little bit of a blur. Um, but man, I remember that very clearly. And then, you know, there was an extra sense of, of what's the right way to word it of, of just, patriotism right but but extended into anything you were doing at that time and putting that into the to the to the realm of football you know we had a tight brotherhood of 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 seniors that year and in the underclassmen as well we were a, a close team and it i i feel like it just brought us that much closer together you know being a young man and, and trying to understand and and digest and process that is not a, a, an easy thing and um, to continue on with sports and, and focus on the task at hand, um, you know, was was a feat all in itself to be able uh, to do that. And uh, I, the, the, the thing that I remember about that game was just, you said it was triple overtime, right? Yeah, yeah. 50 to 43. I, I remember a couple of things. The, the first thing, I remember they had a quarterback hoose, right? kid was fast he was a good player he was tough and i remember your your dad you know we were he was i think your dad was just tired of hearing about how good of a runner hoose was and who's 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 and um you know who's who's and and it was a game where we just we left it we we just put what we had out there on the field i remember that very clearly and particularly the way it related to me 
um, was, and, and, and you may know the stat, I don't, I had a chance to kick a field goal at one point that I think would have, I don't know if it would have tied it or if it would have, we had the chance to win it with the field goal. Do you recall? My recollection was that we lined up for plus 40 yards uh, field goal at the end of regular, at the end of regulation to win so that we didn't go into overtime. Man, So that's what I remember. I'm pretty sure it was over 45, but anyways, it was in the forties. Yeah. And I remember at that point, which was the only time it happened to me in my career, the snap was fantastic. The hold was fantastic. And unfortunately, I was just drained from both sides of the ball. I didn't have the juice in my leg. And it was, I remember clear as day, I get the kickoff and Sean immediately stands up, Nelson, and starts going, yeah, yeah, because it was dead in the middle. And for a 40-something yard field goal, typically the distance wasn't the issue. And I remember it fell just short of the crossbar and because it was dead on. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to go in and we're going to win. And then I was like, oh, boy, it looks a little short. And it was. It ended up being short. And I'll tell you what, man, that was that was really tough um, for me because I knew why it happened. It wasn't anyone else's fault. It was my fault. Um, and it was just a simple fact that I had given a lot earlier in the game and my leg was just gassed. And uh, I felt like I let the team down a little bit there um, because of what ended up happening. And we fought through those overtimes. I remember that. And I think I remember Paul had a bunch of sacks or he got hoose a couple times in that game. Yeah, but, he did. Um, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't pull that one off. And it was, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. You know, we had a couple opportunities um, that field goal attempt super long. Um, like you said, probably about 45 yards. We also had opportunities in the first two overtimes that we sort of just uh, let slip through our hands and didn't control mm-hmm. our own destiny and just kind of gave them that one more opportunity. And, they capitalized in the third and we did not. And, uh, that was, that was about as crushing of a loss as, uh, as we've, as we've had a good game as well. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, it was the stuff of video games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that game ends and we're trying to, uh, trying to rebound and regather as we have orange come to our, our place the following week. And uh, like Paul and I discussed, uh, one loss stuck with us for the week and it turned into two. Mm -hmm. Uh, We lost a close one, 31 to 28 against Orange. Yep. Uh, The following week. So we're going in with a three and two. That game. I, I, I remember that being the second loss. And I I think between the mentality that we had as seniors I'm not kidding. When you know how we say, wipe that from the memory, cash that check. Cancel check, yeah. I canceled that check and I put that behind me. I don't remember hardly anything from that game. I think I was so done with that and so sick of what led to us losing another game that we probably shouldn't have lost. Yeah. Uh, I wiped that one. I said, forget this. We're done with that. I'm moving on with a clear slate to the next week. Nice. Yeah. So we, we get to go out to Middlefield to play Cardinal, the Huskies, mm-hmm. uh, their homecoming 
their come homecoming game and uh, we come out laser focused and uh, led by that senior class of yours we get that 31 to 7 victory and spoil all their really all of their homecoming say that again weren't they doing really well before we played them extremely well yeah they were uh they had a hiccup or two against the cross you know that was back when the cvc conference had the big school small school crossover games and so okay. their hit their bumps in their uh record were only to the bigger schools mm -hmm. so similar to us and so, yeah no was, i remember, nice I remember coming out we were super focused for that game um and I, I recall something also along the lines of um, it was it was their homecoming. I mean, in, in, OK, well, yeah, that's it. So so when someone brings you out for their homecoming, they're expecting to beat you. Right. Yeah. You have a little bit of play as far as what home contest you want to schedule for your uh, your right. homecoming. I mean, you usually have two or three games to sort of pick and choose between. And if you mm -hmm. have a good uh, <laughs> a good athletic department, you're going to you're going to make the right decision out of those three games. And they chose us. Right. And I remember walking out of there off the field and uh, and just feeling really proud. And I mean, it, it sucked for them, obviously, but I remember feeling really proud that we were like, we just ruined their homecoming. Right. They brought us in here and we stomped them for their homecoming. And yeah, uh, that's not a good feeling. No, I feel like emotionally that got us back on track because yeah. those previous two were were really kind of punches to the gut emotionally. And mm -hmm. this one kind of got us back into, uh, into the correct course. So following yeah. week, another road game at Berkshire. And this is uh, a little bit closer than kind of, I think maybe thinking going in weather wasn't ideal, but a 26 mm -hmm. to 18 victory uh, for the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. I recall the weather was inclement. Uh, this was at at uh, at their stadium, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember that clearly. Uh, I do think I also had a bad kick off in that game. Um, my feet were cold, something, and I shanked one really bad. Uh, I do remember that, um, but we still got the the win, didn't we? We did twenty six eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good. That was what we needed, right? So I remember even the practice leading up uh, to the week prior with Cardinal. Right. Um, you know, it was different as, as you know, right. Practice was different when you were playing well, we were, you know, doing what we were supposed to do when we were making dumb mistakes and we were hurting ourselves, you know, it was different. I think I recall a really good week of practice leading up to Cardinal. I also think I remember a good week of practice leading up to Berkshire, but it was a reaffirmation of, look, made some mistakes. Let's recalibrate. Let's move forward. We got the, the, the W um, but we need to make some corrections for where we're headed for, for the, for the next week's game. Let's talk kicking in the elements real quick. Yeah. Windy, uh, muddy field or really cold where you don't have sort of the, the touch on your foot, put those in order as far as, uh, worst yeah. to, uh, most able to deal with. So worst is, is going to be muddy and cold with wind. If you have that scenario, <laughs> the trifecta, sure. Um, Muddy and cold, I had a couple times. Uh, it, you know, your plant foot, right? If you can't get a, get a good, yeah. nice, solid plant uh, and your foot slides a matter of two or three inches from where you originally wanted to put it. Can't do it, yeah. It, you know, that changes all of the different angles in terms of where your foot's hitting the ball, where it's hitting on your foot, where your leg is in the, the kicking in the sweep motion. 
huge difference. Um, you know, so mud's probably the worst if you can't get a good plant. Um, cold just hurts, right? It just hurts. It doesn't feel good. It's like swimming, uh, swinging a baseball bat and it's really cold, right? You get that little sting on the contact and yeah. And then wind, the, the one thing about wind, wind didn't bother me as much personally for me because, um, you know what to do to try and, and play around with the wind. The issue that you have with wind is when it's coming, it's not, it's going big gust, no wind. Yeah. Big gust, no wind. There's a consistent wind. I found that pretty easy to work with. Um, but the gusts were bad. And actually when we got in, we would practice in the stadium in Purdue and you got in a, in a bowl. Oh my gosh. The wind swirls can, a little more, huh? It's not doing when you're 45 yards out, it's doing something different where you are than where the goalpost is. Yeah. So when we showed up for away games, you know, the players get on the field and they're working on just kind of getting all the, uh, get all the tightness out of uh, the bodies and throwing the ball around with teammates before they claim the field. One of the things that the coaching staff does is we kind of walk the, the visitors field just to sort of check out the condition of it. Cause there's, there's a couple rough, uh, rough, rough fields out there that happen to find our way on the schedule. And one of the things we want to find out is that, uh, that location for the point after touchdown, the extra point. And yeah. uh, there have been many times where we've had to sort of slide the snap and hold, you know, to the little bit off to the left or a little bit off to the right, because it's just not suitable for either the snapper or the holder or uh, the plant foot on the kick. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So after that Berkshire win, we have our third away game in a row and we are heading to Grand Valley. And this was mm -hmm. a nice 55-14 uh, victory for uh, for the Hawks. Yeah, I remember, um, particularly what I remember, Matt Corn was obviously from that area. Uh, I don't know if it was Grand Valley. He's around somewhere out there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Orwell. Yeah, right Orwell. there. Um, and so I remember we all had a lot of um, feelings for Matt, right? Um, because he came over to the preppy, you know, uh, private school and all that kind of stuff. Um, and if I recall, Matt had a day, didn't he? He had yeah. many days, but that was one of them. Yeah. He had a big day. Um, yeah, it was, I just remember, uh, I remember actually coming home from that game more. And I think it's, it was a long ride. We had a ton of tangs um, and just a fun, good ride back because it was a really, really solid victory. And I don't recall them being a great team by any means. Um, but, you know, I, we were, we played well, we executed well as a team. Um, they were and, 500 that year. They were five and yeah. five, but I think that Cardinal game really got you guys clicking once again, and you were just on all cylinders kind of yeah, moving. For sure. So week nine, we returned back home for our homecoming game against Kirtland, and mm -hmm. that is a 40 to zero shutout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I, if I recall, I had a couple of good catches in that game. 30 yard touchdown reception. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good game. Um, and obviously setting the tone for your, your homecoming, right. That's great that you can, you can perform, uh, have a great game. Um, and I just remember at that point we felt, we felt good about how we were playing. Those two losses were behind us. We had a good clear windshield that we were looking through with, with some nice uh, mileage behind us that we'd held nice and steady and smooth and, and executed how we were supposed to. And I recall feeling really good after that game about that uh, and, and, and just the general 
morale of the team and our ability that we were hitting on all cylinders. I felt good about it. So we are going into week 10 at seven and two, and mm-hmm. we have senior appreciation night, or I should say afternoon, sorry, uh, senior appreciation after afternoon against Newberry. And this is a 35 to 12 win for the Hawks. And, uh, Second straight game for you finding the end zone with a touchdown reception this time on a uh, 20 yard catch. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And, and throughout that whole season, it was kind of a progression for me. Uh, right. Cause I had very little uh, real football experience, especially in a, in a game scenario. I played JV games. Right. But actually getting up to that better level. Um, and I do recall that as we went through that season, RG and I started finding a lot more rhythm um, and I was learning how to read defenses better. Uh, and that was, you know, it t- takes a little bit of time to get better at a game speed, um, to start to really recognize and see those things where were uh, d- you know, defensive backs cheating and stuff like that. Um, and I recall that as that season progressed, um, that was something that was, that was, we started doing and performing and executing better. Um, particularly at least for our G and I, and then you, you look at the whole thing though, right? It's, 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 that's what I recall, but what led to all that, how good was the line playing, right? I remember RG had typically very good protection. Matt Corrin was obviously running the heck out of the ball, um, which took a huge load off of us, right? I mean, we had an, we had a tremendous running back in Matt Roth and then coming up with Matt Corrin. And the best part about Matt Corrin was how, uh, <laughs> was how easy he was to play with and that he never had any sense of gloating, of self-absorbed, of show-off, of celebrating. He was the like quintessential example, right, of what an extremely talented, successful football player player should look like. And that helped us, right? All of that blended in with not only the coaching staff, you know, and your dad not being about showboating and getting in the perfume. And you talk about a kid who could have gotten into the perfume, right? There were articles about him every week. Um, And it was just the aura, right? That's what our team had that year. And it just continued throughout, um, you know, into the end of the season and the postseason. I remember that, that it was we're going to perform, we're going to execute, and our, our play is going to speak for itself. So that is uh, five straight wins to close out the regular season, eight and two. It wasn't until that week 10 that kind of the playoff picture became clear and that we were going to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Didn't so we, we were waiting on other stuff to happen and we had to win. And Yeah. So an advantage of playing on a Saturday is you got to see some of the results from the previous night. And I think we kind of had an idea going in that, you know, it's win and we're definitely in, but the window mm-hmm. of opportunity was definitely a little bit wider after those games Friday night finished. Yeah. And so we wait for the matchup and we have a rematch against the previous year's playoff oh. opponent who knocked us out. And uh, we have a first round week 11 game against Chanel again. Mm-hmm. Chanel. Yes. Boy, does that bring back the memories and um... loaded with talent. Yes. Uh, I remember uh, two guys in particular. One, I think, was Tony Franklin. Or Tony, was it Tony yeah, Franklin? Yeah, it was Tony Franklin. 
And then he was their running back. And I remember they had uh, a, a, a skinnier but super fast receiver. I think we're number one, or maybe Frank was number one. I don't remember, but they had a very good receiver as well. And uh, I didn't really get much playing time. Actually, you know what I did? I remember junior year, I did a kickoff for in De- at the Chanel game. And I saw Tony Franklin was, was returning. I'm fairly certain I saw him and that was kind of my first taste, but I never really, you know, got involved and then playing defense my senior year against them. I saw what a, a really high level athlete was like to play against. And I remember he bumped a couple runs outside and man, he just smoked me. He's got another uh, gear. He did. He did. And, and, you know, my pursuit angle should have been better. Like I knew what to do. I just hadn't come across that level of athleticism and speed yet. And it caught me a little off guard. I can say for sure. Um, I mean, again, I don't remember how I performed. What I remember from that game was us leaving 110% on the field. Uh, All of us crying. I have a great picture in in my guest bedroom upstairs of all of the seniors after that game. Mud all over us in our, uh, we had white jerseys on that day. I'm pretty sure we had our ways on and um, uh, man, we just, we were so distraught that we weren't able to beat them, that it was our last time playing together. Uh, It's a weird feeling, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I, I I never had anything like that. I never had an experience like that through athletics, personal life. I had had something just like that, that we wanted so bad that all of us believed in and were fighting for the exact same cause together as, as brothers and teammates to have each other's backs that was unlike I, I, it was unlike anything I've had until this day. I'll be honest, right? I just I haven't had that level of emotion, intensity um, with other people, and I you know I don't know that I will. I mean, you know, marriage, you know, family, kids, all that stuff is different. But from a a competitive team aspect, that was one of the most poignant moments of my entire athletic career was experiencing that and living that with those guys in that moment, because it was just, uh, it was as raw and as emotional as it could get. Yeah. It speaks to how special, um, the sport is. It speaks to how special the program at our school is. Yeah. Um, and it speaks to the power of a shared experience with mm-hmm. people that you have a common goal and a common uh, struggle with. Yeah. I, I never had that. Otherwise I didn't really, you know, yeah. I never had that in another sport. It's unique to, to other sports. I mean, it, it's a lot of it has to do with that one contest a week approach and not having mm-hmm. two, three contests each week to sort of, you know, move on to the next one right away. Um, the preparation for it and kind of everything that goes into it, I think is just a little bit heightened than any other sport offering. But, and I mean, in, 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 I, I'm interested for your input, but we, you know, I think that was something that was, and I, I mean, I think a lot of people would want to say this, but I really think that was something that was special to Hawken that the level of commitment, the willingness to 
commit to a common goal, like you said, I mean, I'm sure all programs have that to a degree, but what your dad brought to the program, to the other coaches, and just the fire that your dad had was unlike anything that I ever had. And that's why I kept playing football, right? It's at Hawken. Um, you know, your dad was by far the most impactful coach that I've ever had. He taught me what it's like to be a good teammate. He taught me what it's like to be a good person, to be a respectable person in the face of adversity. And also when you're in a, have an upper hand and you, you know, to take the high road. Uh, I learned so many life lessons that I may have found otherwise. I don't know. Um, but if you don't have a coach like Cliff Walton in a program that no matter whether you're winning or losing, uh, that, that the number one goal is to raise well-rounded young men to be good fathers and citizens in society. I don't think that's many programs. I really don't. Yeah. Um, kind words. Um, I can't speak to other programs, but I think when you, you mentioned all those life lessons right there, um, I think the reason that the Hawken football program then and the Hawken football program now is able to foster that it begins at relationships and it begins at respect for one another. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just exclusive to what skills can you provide this team, right? but, but what can we make out of you, the individual as a person? Yeah. And the one thing, right. That, that it's, it's, it's related to this, but it's not a little bit. And it's just a, a little anecdotal thing that, that for me, uh, is probably, um, it, it still makes me even feel a little emotional talking about it was we had one of our, I think we had award dinners or something, didn't we? Yeah. Um, banquet at the end of banquet, the year. Yeah. Banquet. And, uh, your dad, uh, he made me feel like the best and most important I possibly could have. And I'm pretty sure it was that senior banquet, my senior year. I think I don't know if he gave me, uh, if we did an MVP or anything like that, but he made a special recognition to me as a kicker because your dad was holistically, he knew the game. And I, I even remember, and I don't remember the specific words, but in a quote, in a, they took from one of the articles that I got mentioned and he, he said, Jeff gives us such an advantage with the field position. Right. And I never even thought about that. Never crossed my mind. And then he made a comment at that banquet about how the field position that Jeff gave us as a kicker this year had a huge impact on our ability to stop the other team's offense by keeping them far into their own territory or have a kickback, right? To guarantee they're never getting past the 20. And he, he took the time to call out a kicker for his contributions on a team that is unheard of in football. And the fact that he did that will never leave me. It means a ton to me that he did that. And uh, it just spoke to his willingness that yes, I contributed in some other ways on the team, right? But typically non-charismatic, non-sought after position of being a kicker that has a stigma, your dad appreciated what I brought to the field in that aspect. 
uh, along with all the other life lessons that we just talked about that I learned from him in that program that he instilled in us. It's something I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience and something that I'm fortunate that I had because it, it, that was a confidence booster for me that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Thanks for sharing that, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, before we close the, the book on the uh, senior season, I will also mention for the listener that um, the Chanel game was another opportunity for Jeff to score a uh, touchdown by way of reception. So that was a three-game streak of receiving touchdowns. So no small feat there. That was a nice way to close out uh, the season for you. Thanks. Eight and three season. Um, you were part of two strong, strong uh, teams in the Hawken football program history, and uh, a lot of good memories from uh, from those two seasons. Let's take a pause for this week's Ask Coach segment. If you'd like to be a part of the Ask Coach segment, visit the I Went Down to the River Instagram account, and there you can submit your questions. This week's question, what team was toughest to prepare for? Well, you know, uh, I, I think as, uh, as I recall back down through the years, uh, and even the, the sports writers and even a lot of people connected uh, just, uh, just didn't think that, uh, that Hawken had, uh, had uh, uh, much prospect in the field of, in, in football because uh, yeah, we were always a smaller squad and uh, we didn't have the big numbers or the big players and everything like that. But it was, it was always, uh, it was always uh, nice to, uh, to just get uh, – to get those uh, upsets that we would get, and uh, they would we would surprise some teams with with that sort of thing, which was which was always unique. And a lot of it was just that our our kids, our players could uh, could absorb a lot, and we could do a lot of different wrinkles, and uh, that would always uh, make it very difficult for the uh, for the the teams to prepare because they weren't sure what we were going to do in certain situations. And sometimes we just did certain things that, uh, that caught them off guard and everything. So it was, it was great to see that uh, when we had the tough teams that uh, we would have a confidence about us, that players had a confidence that we could go out and compete with everybody. And, uh, you know, we, we overcame that, you know, they're all bigger than us. I remember back in the, uh, back in the mid eighties where uh, we had, uh, we had, they had some success. Uh, eighty-one, we were undefeated, and, and then in eighty-three, we only lost a game. Eighty-four, undefeated. Eighty-five, undefeated. No playoff opportunities. Well, they had a point system and everything. It was based on the strength of schedule. And I remember going into Tom Bryan and our athletic director, and saying, "You know, we we need to try and find a couple other bigger." points that can get us more points because we really would like to get that playoff experience and so we did that over the time and in, in, in the mid 80s then we took on a team like chagrin falls and i remember i remember a, a parent father come up to me and says what are we doing playing chagrin falls they're they're bigger than us and we we don't have any business going and well we went out and we played them and we beat them and then we got them in the playoffs and we beat them again in the playoffs and so those were uh that's a, it was really, uh, really a great thing to think about in terms of just our, our guys taking on that kind of a, a team, but uh, to beat them and then to get into the playoffs, which was uh, the reward for, uh, for the, the difficult schedule that we had success with. So it was great.
And now back to the interview. We're going to we're going to shift over now to our 2-minute drill. Okay? So I will get my timer ready here. Favorite route to run as a wide receiver? Uh, it was definitely post corner. Any significance to your jersey number? Uh, the number four. Uh, no, there wasn't. You wore like three different numbers during your high school career, didn't you? You started like at 85 or something. And I think it was 86. 86, okay. And then you had 20. Did you have a different number? I did. Uh, yeah. 24 and then four. <laughs> uh, favorite sports movie? Ooh, um, probably, I think it was called Blue Chips with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> uh, can you name a song from your senior year game tape? Oh boy, Crazy Train. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite tradition? Ooh, um, sitting in the field house uh, and going through uh, pregame stuff and that, that whole thing was just uh, incredible. So biggest hit given was that crack block against Oberlin. What was biggest hit received? Oh, man. Um, boy, I don't remember who it was against, but I was the receiver. I caught a pass by the uh, sideline, and I got absolutely depleted, <laughs> wind knocked out of me, and couldn't get up. <laughs> That's not a good feeling. No, it's not. Uh, what play could you diagram from your senior year playbook? Ooh. Um, well, the easiest would have been, uh, the, the special teams plays because those I knew where each person was in every player. What upperclassmen had a, uh, a big impact on you as a player? Mm. I don't think I could pick one, but it would be those linemen. It would be Arun, Wes, um, and Jason Roberts, I think. Favorite flavor of fudge? I was a chocolate guy always. Traditional, right? Yep. All right. Good deal. That's two minutes right there. Uh, I want to, uh, I want to ask you a moment that stuck out in the field house during your, mm -hmm. uh, your football career. Was there a single moment or was it just sort of a single feeling that you had when you were in there? It was the feeling. It was the anticipation. Uh, it was the intensity, the, the energy that could be cut with a knife that was happening in that room, the special talks that your dad would give us were just on another level. And the one thing that stuck with me that I, I really take with me from then all the way to this day, and I always will, is your dad had a word that he used with me that uh, it was the first time I'd ever heard it used. And he used it almost every time in one of those field house discussions. And it was relish the opportunity to do what you're going to do today, to play with these guys, to stand beside next to these people that you use your teammates, to stand beside them and enjoy and go out and execute with these guys. Relish the moment to do these things because he was so spot on how fleeting that time is and those experiences to get out on the football field with guys at that age. Your dad clearly knew how special that age was for guys that have a serious commitment with one another with common goals. You don't find that anywhere else. It's really, really hard to find that. And when your dad said, relish it, I would get goosebumps every time, every <laughs> single time. And then I was ready to stick my head through the concrete block wall. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Were you, uh, were you a 
moments leading up to kickoff nervous guy or were you just like, Hey, I want to get this started. I, I was ready to get going and I'll tell you what I needed though. Uh, I wasn't one of our captains, but when we would do that run out and the four captains would be out there, as I recall, yeah. and they would do handshakes or whatever. I usually tried to get, uh, gray. I think Andrew gray was one of them and Sam McCreary. And I wanted them to just crack me hard. I needed to get smacked. Need to get really. shook up before you took the field. Yeah, I needed to like really get it together and someone crack me in the helmet so that I could like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready. My junior year, I was a wide receiver. That was my position of varsity contribution. And I, I did not feel nerves as a junior. As a senior, I was uh, moved over to quarterback and I did feel them a little bit then. Yeah, there's a, there's a, little, there's a little bit coming with that position that changed <laughs> for me. I could imagine. So, um, Jeff, what are you up to these days? Uh, I am in, uh, Chicago currently. Uh, I live here with my fiance. We're getting married at the end of June. Congrats. Really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm working in our family business, which is still based in, uh, Mayfield Heights, not too far away from you guys. Uh, and I would imagine that in the, uh, somewhat near term future, I'll probably, uh, my, my wife at that point and I will probably wind up back in, uh, in Cleveland. Summer wedding, you said? Summer wedding. Uh, we're doing it uh, in uh, southeast Wisconsin, just across the border from Chicago, about an hour north on a farm, all outdoors, trying to be COVID, uh, COVID friendly. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. I found an amazing woman who makes me a, a better man. And uh, I'm probably later than most of the guys of my class in getting married. Uh, but you know what? I'm super happy that uh, I waited because I found uh, the the right partner in life for me. So Jeff, there's no such thing as late. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's when, it's when you meet that right person. That's yeah, the well, most you know important what? I guess, part. I guess this is a theme for me, right? I was late to football and I really enjoyed <laughs> football and did well. And I've been a little bit later to this. So maybe there's a theme there. <laughs> Get it right. Yeah. Yep. yeah um, anything else? Uh, anything else that you would like to share? No, no, man. I, I, I'm really, this is a super fun, uh, and for me, a little emotional experience going through some of this stuff. I'm really glad to do this. What gave you the idea to, to do a podcast around this? Uh, hey, credit to COVID. Um, <laughs> I had a little bit of time on my hands to sort of think about, about some opportunities to stay busy with, you know, just being landlocked in the house and, uh, I'm a podcast listener. I enjoy them. And I, I've always, I've long had ideas of how cool it would be. I never initially thought that I would be the facilitator. Yeah. Uh, but um, my wife pushed me to pursue it a little mm -hmm. bit. Credit to her. And uh, going forward with this, this has been an absolute blast and blessing to reconnect and to hear new stories from, uh, from things that I lived, but I didn't know firsthand account as a coach and, uh, or as a, you know, young kid, you know, in elementary school around the program, I've enjoyed these conversations and, uh, it's been awesome. The discussion with you, Jeff today has been fantastic. I love how you talked about that junior into senior year goal of sort of what it means to play Hawk and football. And mm -hmm. I think for anyone that, is listening that is crystal clear and apparent that you got that across because just by recounting your stories your memories and talking about these experiences with your teammates and coaches 
um, there's no doubt that you you found what that is and what that is defined as. Yeah, I was um, fortunate to have that opportunity. Yeah. So, hey, Jeff, appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, coming on and having this discussion, taking this trip down to the river. Uh, best of luck with all of the wedding arrangements leading up this uh, summer. And uh, take care, man. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for doing this. You bet. Take care. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.